0: listening to Chuck a Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Polo Crossmates On this episode of Chuck-A-Talk, you'll meet my good friend Simon Shearing from the UK. We talk horses, World Cup Polo Cross, the multi-horse tournament format, and being a dad. Here on Chuck-A-Talk, the goal is to shrink the Polo Cross world by connecting people together, and most importantly, to provide education by interviewing players from all over the world. So listen closely and enjoy.
1: Yeah, how you doing, mate?
0: You good, how are you?
1: Not too bad, not too bad.
0: Yeah, thanks for being a part of this first podcast. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, big thing going on in the world uh, these days with, mm. uh, yeah, Megan taking Harry out of the royal family. How do you feel about that? (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: that's all right. That is. That's the least of our worries. And and the funniest thing is they've they've took off to Canada to live their own real life. And now because of the coronavirus, they've decided, no, they've left there and they've gone to an island in California. So they're not near anyone.
0: Oh, my gosh. Which
1: the taxpayers are paying for.
0: Right. They just abandon you. That's great. <laughs> oh, I think that's a good thing. Now uh, uh, Boris has it. Yeah. Yeah. How's
1: it, how is it all over there? Is everybody in lockdown?
0: Yeah. Well, I'd say half the states got, got to that quicker. Uh, we were slow to, to begin with. But uh, half the states were like, well, we'll wait and see. We don't need to lock down.
1: And I see you're back playing polycrest yourself a little bit.
0: Yep, I'm back. I'm back to it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You, you are play,
1: you playing well, or are you just sort of uh, easing yourself in? You got good horses, or are you just playing down the grave? What's the...
0: Well, I live so far from everyone that I'm so remote that I can't practice. I haven't practiced in probably seven years. <laughs> yeah. I, I got on, and I started playing. I played two tournaments last year and two tournaments the year before. And I have a phenomenal horse. Uh, one of our stock horses, Gunner. He's kind of old right now. He's about 15. And he's just, he's so good. Um, I was able to get out there. Of course, um, you know, we've got the overarm now. So it's yeah. a different thing. So I'm, I'm sort of playing the old way and yeah. uh, trying to figure it out. With the, long, with the long pass and all that. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you, you don't have to, you know, you can adjust the style to, to work. It doesn't have to follow everybody else's style.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I think I can definitely work on the, uh, the you know, like the 20, 30 yard pass, just get it accurate, you know, when it's necessary. Yeah. You know,
1: it's funny. A lot of these people are, a lot of people are just going with this whole South African style, but if you haven't got the skills to go with it,
0: it doesn't work. Right yep so anyway tonight. well let, yeah i'm gonna kind of ask some questions to kind of so everyone kind of gets to know you a little bit but i want people to realize that this is sort of a reunion for us we haven't really talked since 2011 yeah um since the last world cup i was in and um but back in 96 man that's when we met and you know the things i remember with the south african team was there um you and Rick were doing, team. was it a ladies team? Nah, it was a junior team.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Okay.
0: Yeah. Leroy. Nell was, yeah. Funny.
1: Yeah. Okay. It, it was a yeah pony club. Yeah. I, I remember now.
0: Yeah. I was the white groom, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for them. But, um, yeah, we, I went to Alton towers. We were at the Lauders for a clinic. Uh, yeah. you taught me donkey. Yeah, <laughs> I've used that a ton, so that's I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a long, long time ago, it kind of ages us a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
1: I feel, I feel old now, I'm pretty much crippled now.
0: Oh no, what's going on?
1: Well, no, I still play and I still give some of the young guys a tough time, but uh, I, I've killed a nerve in my back.
0: Oh, uh, I
1: ruptured a disc in my back, which killed a nerve, so my right leg doesn't work properly.
0: Oh man! Um,
1: but yeah, you know, I still get about alright. But like, I've had to um, make up a special stirrup so I can play because you can't. I can't ride in a normal stirrup um, because you let your my ankle just wants to collapse all the time. But
0: so, but I, I
1: still, I had a pretty bad fall last year.
0: Oh no! It
1: stuck in my stirrup and got dragged a little bit. And, uh. Oh,
0: that was the stirrup that you had to make. Mm. Oh, jeez.
1: So but it was just a freak thing. It it all worked perfectly. Cause I got dragged for about four or five meters. And then uh, I have like this little safety rope on it and it flicked off just as it should have. And I, yeah.
0: I came out. So <laughs> you know, But anyway. Yeah, you yeah, you uh Yeah, it's yeah. So I wanted to kind of just give that background. Like in two thousand one we had a men's team that came came over. You lent me that gray horse. That was awesome. That that was a phenomenal horse. Um, again, that that was at the Lotters again, and uh, yeah, at you know had a lot of chicken shed, yeah, yeah moments. <laughs> I know yeah. I heard it got updated a, a while back.
1: It's been updated a few times, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. People are friend. smart. They they party on Thursdays there. That's does that still happen?
1: Well, you know what? Those sort of midland camp things have changed a bit. across has changed. A bit. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me just turn that alarm off. Just one second. I've got an alarm that I'd set so I didn't miss this. Okay. Just shut it off. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, Mid- Cross has changed a bit in England. Uh, it's not quite like it used to be. Midland Camp, you know, we don't have quite as many of those uh, top, top players coming over from overseas. We've still got a few, but not quite as many. And, so, you know... People, back in those days, we, I don't know, we all just played polycross. No one really did any, none of the young people worried about work or university or, you know. Right. I think that's a financial thing with the people. Uh, Maybe not quite so much money in the sports, but, you know, more young people go straight to university and then on to, and then on to real, you know, on to life. So, yeah, it's we, we less of those week-long parties that we used to have, like you know, middle yeah. of camp and Thursday night party, Friday night party, Saturday night party. There's still a few parties, but uh, not quite the same.
0: Yeah, we um we had a whole generation of players, you know, we were coming up through Pony Club, and we had this huge surge, and now they're all playing A grade. Um, so we we were kind of top heavy for a while, and now we're trying to refill the the bottom levels and that's starting to happen but um but yeah a grade got a little bit top heavy for a little while um we never really um our players never really married the foreigners like you guys did so we didn't have you know we we didn't we had foreigners come but not for extended periods of time
1: yeah but now you
0: guys get a lot of foreigners there yeah i mean we have tests and well um, not
1: just the tests you know like Hackers brings over loads of players and Jane Cooper brought over loads of players.
0: Right. Yeah. We're getting a little bit of that. Yeah. 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 It's tough. It's really tough to train for anything international here in the States. You know, you just don't get the competition and you show up for these big, big events and you're just watching everyone fly, fly around you trying to catch up. So, I mean, you can't really simulate it. And uh, when you get old and, you know, grumpy like me, you're just trying to, you have you just do whatever you do, and you can get away with certain things. Mm. But if you're going to play international, and I've I've told myself that I wanted to try for the next World Cup because it's really hard to sit and watch the last two World Cups go by and me not be a part of it. So I'm going to maybe give it a shot. Um, if these uh, if these kids spend months and months in other countries, I'm not going to have a shot. But um, there might be a chance that if I really work hard, I can I can make it. But um, so I'm trying. I'm I'm playing. I need to get it going up here. Um, well, there's, no, there's no one. Yeah.
1: I, we, I tried. I I was going for the World Cup coach here. I didn't get it. They go to uh, someone else. But I was trying to organize some tours to America. But it's it's not, not easy. You know, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be to get, you know, they, your guys like, oh, well, we don't really have the horses to host all these tours. And so I said, well, how about we send a men's team to you? And then you guys send a ladies team to us because, right. you know, I, I was trying to get away. Well, I think even the new sort of coach, the coaching style here, trying to get away from sending mixed teams everywhere because it's only ever four people, four men, four women. Right. And when you're a coach, you tend to find it hard to leave someone behind to try somebody else out.
0: Right. So, yeah. so if
1: you can take, you know, six or seven, men or six or seven women you know you get the opportunity to see people play in those um more you know more tricky situations than just on their good horses at home right i think they're still going to try i hope they're still going to go with it you know and we we lost to america in south africa a year or two ago when i was coaching and you know you know we need to come and play you guys at home and Right,
0: well, and it's yeah. <laughs> well. I've been a part of the, those tours where you beat me, so I know what that feels like. <laughs> but um, we have a really good international liaison right now, Susan Hatch, who's organized a ton of stuff. We're gonna get the New South Wales under sixteen thing going again. That exchange, um, we had, we were coming there for the quad with that uh, the B the B grade level players.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Um, but no, you're you're so close that a, a yeah. flight over a flight over well, there is so cheap that it makes exactly, sense.
1: And and not only that, you don't have to come for a long period of time, you can come for four days. Right. Yep. You, you know, and it's great. You can make it tough on yourselves and tough on your players, you know, get there on the uh, you can get there on the Wednesday night, only get your horses Thursday, play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, go home.
0: Right. You know Yeah, and, and I guess there is something to be said about the horses. It is hard to uh, – to, we don't have a huge amount of horses like we used to. Um, we we had some, some people like Paul Johnson, people that would just give four or five horses, uh, Paul and Susan. Um, we've got a player, Kevin Horton, now that has a polo string, so that's nice. But, um, but yeah, people just have to commit to, to bringing two horses uh, if they want to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm sure it's the same. That everybody thinks they ride better than anyone else in the world, so no one wants to lend their horses to...
0: Well, I don't uh, know about that. Maybe. I don't know. That's not how I feel, but... No, uh, no, but
1: I'm yeah. just saying that our players, you know, there are players like that. They they love going away on tour, and we've got a lot of those. They love going away on tour and riding other people's horses, but, oh, I don't ever want to give my horses to someone. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, um, we were working on a on a social exchange to Zimbabwe, but I don't know if that's going to happen. That was going to be in August, uh, men's men's team, just yeah. sort of social, um, invitation only type of thing, but not not a I proper. Think, team.
1: Was that was that like a barbarian's tour? Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah,
1: and you were going to invite people from other countries if you couldn't fill a whole team,
0: right? Yeah, we were going to have. Uh, the de- deadline was April first, so um, who knows what's going to happen with that. But yeah, I, if we didn't have enough players, we we're going to have to fill it in with other countries. So
1: yeah, um, I, I feel
0: that. Yeah, we but we were lucky to have that sort of invitation. I mean, to to play in that Land Rover, obviously you have to be a good player and you have to be on your on your game, but you have to be invited. Yeah. And I totally get that. I mean, think about. That over the world, I mean, that is just as much competition. That's even tougher competition than the World Cup, I'd say.
1: Yeah, it is definitely. But you only get invited to that
0: if you know the right people and. Right. Yeah. So you know, uh, hashtag life goals. I guess you know, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big thing that I've never really seen or been a part of. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it going to Africa it would be great. Um, I actually haven't played in Australia in a while since 2010. If you go to Western Australia, it's much easier to go and play a grade right away. But if you're in new South, it's a bit tougher. Yeah. um, Yeah. But yeah, we definitely need to do that. That sort of thing. Um, Playing competition. That's better than you. And uh, I'm sure our players will run into players, you know, better than them when they go to the UK. Um, How has, how has Polo cross sort of changed as far as um, – I don't know. You said you don't have as many inter- international players, but how has the, the quality changed? How has the horse flesh changed?
1: Yeah. Well, since you're here, um, yeah, the horses have definitely changed. Um, you know, we don't – you know again it's probably financial things you know we used to import a lot of horses from new zealand right um there were a lot of top horses produced by errol Gloyne that were and, and his, i think and his brother greg that were playing over here whereas now a lot of people are buying you know probably cheaper uh horses that have come out of polo so you know, there's still some very good horses, but not with the same skill, um, not with the same sort of training that those horses had. Uh,
0: so, so you'd say that, um, you'd say that because uh, a while, maybe there were some players that had some money and... Um, yeah,
1: I think I think it is a lot to do with money. People just have got different um, things to worry about. Right. You know, all across you know, it's back in the old days, I think it was, Polycross was everything. Whereas now, you know, there's reality. Right. And a lot of the the young players then have got families now and, um, you know, important things and Polycross is a secondary rather than
0: top of the list. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We We used to have, Pony club used to be a big thing, and I know it's huge over there. But that's where we got all our a lot of our players. At one point, the East Coast was half of the APA because of Pony Club, and that's where a huge uh, a lot of our A graders uh, ended up now. But that sort of died. Pony clubs have had a really hard time surviving and growing, and our numbers are so depleted. We only have ten or twelve players at our championships if we can even scrounge that up. So, yeah. so obviously the size of the country is tough, but um, but no, that we're not recruiting like we used to. Um, yeah,
1: I think a lot of, uh, you know, Pony Club here used to be massive.
0: And, um, yep. uh, you
1: know, when I was young, all, all the players really came from Pony Club. But then that very much died off. And I would say only really over the last four or five years, have we really, there's a couple of people, Guy Ian Heaton, and some friends of his, and, uh, you know, people involved with him have really started focusing on the Pony Club again to try um, and get, you know, get the Pony Club up and, not not up and running, but because the Pony Club is massive, but the Polar Cross trying to uh, spend time coaching the Pony Clubs and spend time Um, running Pony Club events to try and get it all going again. And I think they're definitely succeeding, but, uh, you know, I don't, you know, the problem is it's quite hard because the, you know, back then the top players were all young, still at the age of Pony Club, you know, and now, you know, those players have sort of moved on and like, my kids are in the pony club and yeah, but you don't have the same level of players in the pony club as you used to, but you know, they're, they're working hard. These guys coaching a lot of people every weekend. They're, they seem to be out, you know, yeah. coaching some pony club here and there. And I think definitely there's people who put more effort in than others, but you know, I've, you know, they'd probably say I don't do any pony club coaching, and I don't really now. But my God, over the years, I was—I've done my fair share of it. Right. Um, so yeah. yeah, you know, I think pony clubs coming back in the U in the U in England in the UK definitely.
0: That's good. I, I we're not there yet. We're 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 just at the we're at the bottom right now, trying to get it going again. Um, yeah. Tell me about um, I don't know what. You're a horse trainer, right? So tell me a little bit about... I wouldn't maybe, say horse to,
1: trainer. I well, you've, train had,
0: you've trained some really good horses over the years. I mean, your, other people weren't training your horses for you, were they?
1: Uh, no, not really. No. I've,
0: I've bought a few trained horses, but
1: uh, I suppose most of my playing days, uh, yeah, I I was buying horses and getting them going to play on, yeah i saying yeah. that some of my best horses have been trained by. You know, I bought a horse from New Zealand a few years back. He he was a well, quite a long time ago now. He was an absolute beast. I played him for a few years, but I've always had horses along the way that yeah, I've I've schooled and
0: bought on and. Who was an who was an influence for you? Like, with learning how to train them.
1: Um through my life uh well i i i went and lived with neville gilpin for many months in
0: Legend. australia
1: so he, he yeah uh, he definitely was an influence i spent a lot of time with rick murray mm-hmm. um when we were younger he was you know a key part of polycross in the uk certainly certainly uh training horses you know at the time right. he probably produced whether he trained them all or not, he produced and sold into Polacross more horses than anyone, w- uh, without a doubt.
0: That's nice, yeah. Uh,
1: um, you know, we we're like, you know, we got Jason Webb over here, so he's you know, he's a good, good person to watch and learn from all the time,
0: right? Um,
1: but yeah, there's, there's been a number of people along the way, but I'm not. I tend to be able to just sort of watch people and get uh, learn little techniques by just watching them. So.
0: so it's probably a mix. It's a mix of a bunch of trainers.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: And there's different ways to train, right? There's a little bit of a, um, telling a horse to do something and asking a horse to do something. Um, Joy Poole told me that one time that there's different ways that you can train horses. Um, there's the cowboy way and now there's, you know, there's ways where you're, they're not bucking when you get on the first time because you've done all the groundwork. So I don't know how would you describe your style?
1: I think it also depends on the horse. You know, there's some horses you have to tell and there's some that you just can't tell. (laughs) Some horses you have to, uh, go around problems and ask them to do things nicely or else they're going to make your life. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty tough. Pretty tough, but uh, I've got a mare at the moment who she's so bloody bad mannered, but there's not a lot you can do about it because if you want to start a war, right, you're you're in trouble. So, you know, when she's great to play,
0: lovely to play, but at home on the ground, she's a nightmare. Oh, well, I've my my best horse, uh, he was cut late as a three year old, full stock horse, um, at a Zorro. His name's uh, Gunner. And um, he's probably 15'3". So, you know, he's good size. And he's just a, a, a bully. He just nudges you around. If you don't give yeah. him a treat or something, he doesn't care. He, um, you're tacking him up and he's just walking all over you and you're yelling at him. Like you can, you know, you can push him around, you know, it's kind of, but you're not going to win. Nice. No, it's just, you just put up with it. Because when I get on him, I play him like a battering ram. You know, he's a, he's a beast. So you kind of like, all right. But it's too late. I I can't tell him anymore. I can't make him do anything.
1: I think a lot of the best horses like that, actually. Yeah. You know, they've all got that sort of attitude about them. You know, Liz had a mare that was It's funny she got from Errol from New Zealand, from Errol Gloyne, And uh, I'm sure when she arrived, she was pretty well-mannered. But, you know, she was such a good horse. And you were so nervous of injuring her. You know, when she started pulling back and stuff, you just then get to a point where, oh, we just won't tie her up in case, <laughs> yeah. you know, we can't go through this situation of teaching <laughs> her to tie up in case she hurts herself or, um, yeah, she was a pig as well. But you know, Liz never cared because she was her favorite little, you know, favorite horse. It's
0: funny, all the and, all this stuff like, you a do. Mine, yeah. A friend
1: of mine, Jason, has got a mare. You know who's the best horse getting getting around in this country by a country mile and she's a pain in the ass as well like you can't put her in a stable on her own she has to be put with other horses and you just don't don't want to take the risk of injury i suppose yeah you know, when man. you go, when it's not a numbers game and you don't have ten horses you you probably end up teaching your horses bad manners because you allow them to do things so that they don't get
0: right. Get, get injured yeah we had uh I, I was coaching the harvard polo team I was really a glorified groom uh, assistant coach but uh no we had a horse like that that would pull back and we just had to put her in the trailer yeah you just find yourself doing that and in this you know where we're at and, and same with you we don't have grooms so you know you're, you're you're getting off your umpire horse untacking them scraping them off and then you're tacking up this pain in the ass and, you know, it's like a struggle. Then once you get on, it's like, oh, it's easy now. It's like yeah. cross. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Tell, Sorry, tell I was me. i just
1: checking, yeah. checking my battery percentage on my phone. It seems to be flying down. but
0: Okay. Anyway. All right. Keep, keep me posted. Yeah. Tell me about your family. Obviously, like you are my surrogate family over there. You guys took care of us. My sister and Dan, when they came over. Um,
1: yeah,
0: you're my family. Um so yeah, tell me how everyone's doing and well
1: um obviously my dad's passed away. Yeah but that yeah. was a while back. Mum's coping, you know, she's coping all right, which is good. It's yep, it's yeah. all been a while ago now, but uh we're quite split up a bit. Well, I'm my family is split up a little way away from um the rest of my family. We live in Warwickshire now, not far from Arden. Okay, five minutes, five minutes drive away. And the rest of my family live uh, about an hour away. Uh, My my sisters live relatively close to my mum. Is that the Um, Moat House? No, no, they don't. They don't live at the Moat House anymore. She doesn't live at the Moat House anymore. She she lives in a small cottage on a on, on on a on a bigger property. My sisters they have their own places now my my younger sister is a, a hair yeah, dress Becky. Um, yeah. yeah she they own it her and my older sister together own a hair salon yes yeah and my mum works there a bit as well, so they're sort of all doing they spend a lot of time together
0: where Where are all the dead bodies in the for the moat house because people would would be drunk and they just <laughs> Nearly fallen down Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't know if anyone actually ever went missing, but plenty of things <laughs> did go missing. I'm thought oh, the amount of polycus balls, and I I even remember some. We had a South African tour, and they all stayed there, a ladies' tour, and one of their kids stole our TV remotes and chucked them in the bloody oh geez, in the old moat. But yeah, that was up, a, yeah, that was yeah. a great house growing up, moat house.
0: I've I've got a funny story. Uh, Becky was tacking up a horse in 01 when I was there. I forget which tournament. I think this might might have been um, Doncaster that tournament, and um, she she put the girth over the electric fence and cinched it up. I don't know if you remember no. that, but the horse, yeah, obviously didn't go well. But uh, no. tore the whole fence down. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I I don't remember the exact thing, but I certainly remember that uh, tournament and. Oh, yeah, I'm just,
0: I, that's just my
1: younger sister all over. <laughs> Crazy things like that. She don't—they don't play anymore. The girls—they don't. Really, Becky hasn't played for years. Mm-hmm. Je, Jessica hasn't played for years. Um, I, you know, like I was talking about earlier, I think just real life—you know—reality right. came into play. But they—they're both—they're both married. Yeah. Um, yeah I see. Both, both got kids, and
0: yeah, so. Well, tell me Look, about Lizzie and I'm, the kids. You're a dad now. You're, you're a polo-cross dad. Yeah. That's I'll awesome.
1: T- that, that changes your – your um. that changes things in polo <laughs> when you've got kids playing. I'll tell you what. That, you know, it's just – it puts a whole different perspective on it. Although Liz wouldn't say that I've changed much. She'd say I just go and play and she does all the stuff for the kids. But <laughs> now, you know, my eldest daughter, Gracie, is 11. And she's starting to play, you know, down in the primary juniors. There's a fair bit of competition and probably just as much competition amongst the parents. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're already
0: a coach and now you've got to watch your kids play.
1: Yeah, she she's just managed to, um, keep, we, we've just managed to get her a really good horse. Oh, uh, good. Oh, A young girl playing who had a fantastic horse and, um, we've managed to do a, a, she's moved up a grade from this horse and we managed to get it on loan for, for Gracie. And we've given one of our good horses to them, uh, for the same period of time. So they, it's quite funny. I, I think they, they think they think they've got a great deal, but without a doubt, we've got
0: the best deal. <laughs> my country. All right. So the kids are playing. What club are you in?
1: Um, I play well. I play for a club called Warwick, which uh, was started a couple of years ago. We just we started it just as a team, uh, so we right. just had an A grade team. That's all we had. There was just six of us. Uh, that was three years ago, and we went and played, and we uh, we, we went all right through the season. And we had some pretty good players, a couple of oldies, me and a guy, Shane Borland. Yeah. So we tried to make up a team that the rest would carry us a little bit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we went all right throughout the season, didn't go great at nationals. That seems to be our, we had the same similar situation last year. Although, you know, we had a few different players last year, but we still essentially just had a team in the club. Right. Um, and this year we've we tried to m- grow a little bit and we've, we've just got, we've got, we've basically just got two teams. You know, I don't want to go. I don't want a club where um, we're all having to do too much stuff. Cause we've got plenty of things to do ourselves. Right. Running clubs. And not only that, if you've just got the two teams, you don't have, you don't have people that aren't making those teams. You've just got a top A grade team and a second A grade team. Right. And, you know, they, yeah, you move from team to team depending on how people are going. But that's the plan at the moment. The kids play for a club down the road, Arden, which I think when you would have been around would have been Stonely. But,
0: yeah, or, no, the
1: red, red jerseys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they played for Arden. Um, and Gracie. Ruby played literally for the first time last year. Oh, cool. Um, she's just started. So they've been riding, you know, Ruby's been riding a while, but Gracie, Gracie's had a couple of seasons now. She loves it. But I didn't want them to... You know, I wanted them to play because they wanted to play. I didn't want to force them to come and play polo-cross just because I played polo-cross or we played polo-cross. Liz, Liz played a bit last year. She's had a few years, not really playing. But it's quite funny, you know, she... She pretends she's not competitive, but when she gets out on the field, she she's as tough as boots.
0: So. I can imagine she's not going to go out there on a on a on a a mule or anything, you know. Like well, cause... this
1: is the thing you see. She doesn't want to play unless she's on the best horses.
0: <laughs> uh, and her, I've her, seen her those friend, horses. Yeah, they're good. A yeah.
1: good man has been out um, having few had a few foals, but funnily enough, we she's just sort of come back in, and we were going to use her this year because. We started playing multi horse over okay. here.
0: Okay. Yeah, we, that's a and, concept that we've done a little bit of.
1: Yeah, so she was going to be able, you know, you'd be able to just play her for one chuck of a game, um, and and you know, not not abuse her because she's she's you know she's getting on, she's got old legs and whatnot. Right. But anyway, as it's going, we're probably not going to play this season. So. Ah, oh, jeez. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, It'll be, I'll be, you know, we'll see. It might still carry on, but
0: we tell have a, oh, go ahead.
1: No, go on, go on.
0: No, tell me about the multi-horse because that's the concept over here. And um, it's a little bit controversial because obviously you don't want to disadvantage the people that only have one horse. Um, it's a nice division to have at a tournament, but how much are you guys doing that?
1: Well, for starters, going on what you said, disadvantage of people only have one horse you would, that that might happen at the beginning but the whole point is you know it's not meant to be an adv- it's not meant to be it's not a reason to have many horses the reason we're trying to do it is to try and make get more horses playing the sport in the country you know it'll give you the opportunity to bring young horses on and not have to thrash the guts out of them in in an A grade game, but still be able to play them one chucker here, one chucker there. You know, you must've had it over years. You know, you get, you take your young horse to go and play for the first time or the second time. And it starts getting a bit hot and you just think, I wish I could stop right now, but you're not able to. And you know, when you've got the rest of your team relying on you, you end up pushing those horses harder than they should.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: There's probably been many horses in pilot cross destroyed because of that was, this will sort of give that the opportunity to uh opportunity to you know play a couple of horses at each tournament and you know if you take your youngster along you might only play at one chucker in the whole weekend if that's all you want to do right but at the beginning there might be people think they're disadvantaged but no one no one really has two horses of the same caliber Right, Do you know what I mean. So you're always going to come if you, if you're playing two, one of them is never going to quite be as good as the your top horse. Right. So therefore, really, you know, you're not gaining huge advantage by playing it. Yes, you might be able to rest your horse a bit, but you're going to be on a lesser horse when you go play. Are
0: you Are you saying that at practice? Like I know you probably don't have a lot of practices with your two. You might, but. Are you saying that practice doesn't give the same competition or the same level, so that's why it makes sense to do it at a tournament?
1: Well, I yeah, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't have the opportunity to practice probably enough. Right. Uh, you know, in, in in the in the winter, you can't really ride here much. Right. You can go okay. and ride in an arena and stuff, but certainly not out in the out on the the, the fields and the thing is in in the season you know it's quite a hectic season when you're not when you're not playing polo cross on a weekend you don't necessarily want to organize every weekend to go and have a practice when there's stuff you have got to be doing with your family and and right. friends right. and like our club's quite split up through the through the, there's a number of players from different parts of the country so to have it you can't just have a wednesday night practice right yeah and You know, yeah, it would be. It is a good place to take horses to play and practice, but no practice is as hard as a game, is it? Right. Yeah. Um, And you, you don't, you don't play three full games over a weekend of practice. One game on a horse, three chuckers on a horse at a practice is not the same as, let's say, nine chuckers over a weekend. By the time you get to your game on Sunday morning, that horse is tired. it's not really experienced that before. Right. And you see different things happen to these horses.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So, and you know, the, the game's evolving. It's no different to any other sport. You, you only have to, you look at, I don't know, even, I don't know, rugby or football. You just look at the way the kit's developing for the player. Um, You, rugby's a great one. You know, rugby used to be a 15 man game. And now, they use all the subs, all those players, because these people can't move and run at the same speed for the full uh, right. period of time to get the best out, out of them. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, a horse is no different. You're pushing them harder than you probably need to some of the time. So why not have an opportunity to train horses and play by allowing more than, one horse in a weekend.
0: Yeah, so how, how many tournaments allow that, or is that just a normal thing now?
1: Well, we used to do, we've been doing this multi-horse for a few years, but it was only ever at the first three tournaments of the year. And the problem with the UK, we love to make rules. So there were too many rules to put in place with it. And it wasn't actually that you could play more than one horse in a game. It was you could play one horse per game. So that doesn't
0: yeah it defeats the purpose yeah it
1: defeats the purpose of it so this is the first this would be the first year that it's properly going to happen that you can play uh, more than one horse per chucker and I don't think every tournament will be like that but what the UKPA has said is the tournaments that they run will be multi-horse so there's a number of tournaments that are ukpa and really You'd expect clubs to follow suit, Do, right? So hope you know. Hopefully, it could be, it could be all, all the tournaments,
0: right? Uh, so you think it'll, you think it'll encourage people to start training up a second horse?
1: Oh, 100 percent.
0: Yeah, obviously, hundred percent.
1: And the thing is, not everybody's going to, you know, you know yourself. You might get a young horse or a second horse and start training. Not quite good enough. So it moves down into the B grade. You sell it onto a B grade player or a C grade player. You get another one. So it's just constantly bringing horses into right. the game. And not only that, there'll be people who have top, top horses that they're playing for many years. It can only help develop the international game if you're seeing people ride different horses and they have the opportunity to sell their best horse and get another one. And then, you know, people are riding good horses and there's more and more horses coming into the sport.
0: Right, is there, um, is it only happening in A grade
1: at, at the moment? Yeah. Okay. At the moment, it is because yeah. it, it's just sort of a trial thing, right? I, I, you know, hopefully, if it works, it'll move down. But not all the grades would have, you. You know, this wouldn't suit all the grades, right? Um, but yeah, maybe A and B, and we'll just have to go. You sort of go from there, right? Uh, and. You know, people, this sort of old-fashioned people say it's a one-horse sport, but why, why put that sort of pressure on a horse if you don't need to? Right, I get it. You know, yeah, that's my. In fact, I, you know, not that it's going to help this much, but I've got a document that one of the guys wrote in favor of multi-horse. I'll send it to you later, just for interest of yeah. reading.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the APA board and I run the uh, player development program. And it's like it's a massive program inside the APA. So it's got the coaching accreditation program that I started last year because we need to finally sort of certif- start certifying coaches. Um, it's got the player, um, basically, the clinic program. So we're going to start doing these mega clinics where we get everyone together uh, like a tournament, but train the umpires, train the coaches, have women's teams, men's teams. Um, and then the other part is the international. So, uh, but yeah, this, this has kind of been a hot topic at meetings, um, talking about the multi-horse. So I, I, I like that perspective. Um, you kind of, you've changed my perspective enough that my opinion might change on it. But initially, I, I had that old school mentality of, well, I've only got one horse. So, you know, you're sort of disadvantaging me. But you have to look at the bigger picture of the development yeah. of the sport.
1: You've only got one horse at the moment, but you know if you could, uh, if you could go and buy a young horse that you could just bring on slowly, and you know not just umpire. The other thing, this is the other thing. You see, when you've got your good horse and you've got a team that are relying on you, it's very hard for you to say to those guys when they're all spending money, getting the horses going and going entry fee. Say, oh, by the way, guys, this weekend I'm just going to play my youngster and just cruise around. People right. are like, what do you mean? No, you've got to play your good horse. So therefore, you don't get the opportunity to ride these other ones in in proper tournaments it, just in right. case it's not as good. Whereas if you... You see, it would, it would change a lot of things. So for instance, you know, if you're a number one in your team, you might have a young horse you don't want to play one on when you go and play it. So you've got to set up your team in a way that you've got players with you that for that chucker could go and play the one because you might want to go to the two position or take a young horse into the three position. And, you know, it'll get people exposed to different positions and uh, different tactics because you might have to play a very, very differently tactical game if you're in a different position to you would be if you were playing a three or a one or do you know what I mean? Right. Yep. And when you go out and when you're playing in in international poker, that that's what it comes down to: being able to move from position to position and um, horse to horse, and still, you know, performing performing well on on whatever horse you get on.
0: Unless you're a one, then you can just be a one, do good at that, get all the glory. I don't. <laughs> I used to play one though. I know. I, I know. I
1: don't play one now.
0: I hate it. I mean, I, I hate it. It's too much. I'd rather be a two or a three. You know, three is my favorite position.
1: I'm just too slow and old and fat to play one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me about because I, I and I want your opinions on this. Um, how do, how do, how have you kind of seen the World Cups evolve? Like, what are your opinions on on the on the level of play compared to the first one to now and
1: well, for starters, I mean, how amazing was the televised stuff at the last World Cup
0: oh my gosh just I didn't get
1: to go to the last world cup but uh it was uh it's just fantastic that you could sit and watch these games live streaming instead yep. of listening to it on a on a on a headphone, just hearing the commentator talk, which you know it was it was good. Or, or watching someone Facebook living it
0: where you couldn't yeah, really see terrible. it. Terrible. Yeah. It'd
1: drive you bloody mad, wouldn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, they they spent a, a lot of money. It cost a lot of money to do that. Yeah. But. It opened the
1: eyes to a lot of people around the world that have never been and seen that sort of podcast.
0: Right. Yep.
1: Um, but yeah, it's obviously got a lot better without a doubt. You know, people playing mm. styles and coaches are getting better and you know, it's it, it. It was just great watching the game change. You know, Australia sort of throwing overarms left, right, and centre. Yeah, uh, and how quick they've you know managed to you know change their style of game. You know, they for many years played a very, very, uh, very similar style to you know that they'd always played. Whereas in the last World Cup, it was very different.
0: Right. Uh, a lot so of those yeah. players were playing in Land Rover and getting that so Yeah, experience. they've all
1: been through all those things. They've, they've all been to all those things. But I think uh, I think in 2011, probably, that was a big change in part across that World Cup. How people played from then on, how they saw South Africa play, how they saw Zimbabwe play. You know, how they used their horses, how well they looked after their horses right Uh, you know i even remember probably i I remember i didn't actually play in it but in 2003 i was one of the reserves for the uk at warwick and you know we had horses in our pool that people that we didn't even play them in the whole thing whereas now you didn't you wouldn't even think you wouldn't dream of going to world cup and not playing every horse right yeah you know and that comes back to multi-horse you've got to save horses and you know, use not such good horses when you have the opportunity and save your good ones. Because otherwise, you know, you you get teams that lose two or three horses and it completely changes their, you know, their team. Oh, they were going to be really good, but actually now they've only got these not quite such good horses because they've played the guts out of the other ones.
0: Yeah. Here's a question. So, um, you know, Players in the World Cups, they might say, well, we had a challenge with our pool. This other team had a better pool. Um, how would you say that differs in Australia than it does South Africa? Do you – I don't know. It, everyone's going to complain or, ha- you know, give an excuse, but
1: – Yeah, I, I haven't uh, – you know, I think the horses looked pretty good, didn't they, in the last World Cup. Yeah.
0: I mean, or is it the rider's ability to not get the most out of it? Yeah. What do I, you think? I think we, we,
1: we've we had an opportunity over here to go to quite a few, to play in South Africa a fair few times. And I wouldn't be able to complain about what they've given us. They've, you know, they, those guys over there have made every effort to give us as many good horses as possible. Right. Um, yeah. And like I said, I haven't, we haven't, as a coach, I haven't really, I haven't coached any teams in Australia. But whenever we've, traveled or whatever you know we've been given very good horses but you know there's always one horse or two horses in fact maybe I'd say one or two players actually who moan about horses but you know there's always someone who gets on that horse and goes all right you know not name any names but we went to South Africa a few years ago and um there was a few lads on that team who got on horses who were like I'm not riding this I'm not riding that then there was another lad who would get on the same horses. Oh yeah, I'll have this horse. I'll have that horse. Yeah. But then three days, everybody's like, "Why can't I try that?" Well, you <laughs> did try that one at the beginning, and you said I wouldn't ride it. Yeah. Now that you've seen someone playing it, suddenly you want it, you know. So I think that happens. But you know, talking to the guys who went to the last World Cup from here, I don't think they'd complain about the horses. I think they had some great horses. You know, there's always one or two you're going to struggle on, but. My God, for a country to put up that many horses, they're
0: yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's funny that first day getting on the horses, trying them out, and um, all the everyone's trying to you know get that top horse. I mean, obviously, the coaches are trying to match them up with positions and all that. Um, but yeah, you've got these players that they want that one horse, and they're not going to let it go. And
1: it, it, we have a lot of those. We have a lot of those people here, but then we also have. Uh, You know, we have some players who, I tell you, as a coach, that's one of your things. You've got to be able to have people who can ride the not quite such top horses. Right. You know, I I remember coaching, well, she plays for Ireland now, Debbie Harris, for years. And she never, ever got a good horse, really. Because she could just get on any old horse and go all right. Whereas you get these other people, these other uh, other players who who you, you know, you've got to give them the best horse, or they get upset and <laughs> you know cause a riffing amongst the team if you give that horse to somebody else. So, yep. you know, I think you sort of slowly whittle those players out of those teams and and put the players in who can, you know, ride anything, and then but yet. With that, you've also got top players who you want them on those top horses all the time, you know, to get the best out of the players. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, looking at horses around, you know, I think the, the, the quality of horses around the world must be getting better. You know, you see in the you watch videos and stuff. Maybe I don't know about Australia so much. I was watching the 1984 nationals final or semi-final the other day. Those horses looked freaking amazing. Yeah, you know that was in the one in the one section was Graham Spackman, Neville Gilpin. Um, they were playing on their top Darryl horses. Darrell Smith, Darryl Smith with their three. God. He was playing a fantastic horse. Lefty, you like know.
0: me, yeah, yeah, feeding it was, it was, lefty. <laughs> Yeah, but
1: I was I was watching those guys. I was in awe. You know, we all speak. A lot of us talk about the Australians' our stopping and turning style of game that they used to play. That's absolutely rubbish. You watch that that game. They they're flat out. They don't. There's no stopping and turning. And you know, hit to the head was just. uh, Oh, it wasn't that aggressive though. It's just a penalty. No goal on the board. I loved it. There was it was proper savage watching that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the best horses. And you, you watch the their women's team as well. And those horses were, I mean, Jesus! I mean, you, you couldn't touch them. They were so quick.
1: Well, I yeah, I went
0: to. I remember going to Werribee
1: Nationals in Australia when I was six, sixteen, seventeen, and I was just gobsmacked at how good these horses were. Not not ten or twelve of the horses, but you know, sixty, seventy, eighty of the horses, and. Again, I just remember watching those under twenty ones out there play, thinking, "Oh my god, this is yeah. unbelievable!" Look at this horse; these horses, the way they run around the D, and these ones are flicking goals in, and yeah. So you know, we've, Australia, I suppose, have always had good horses.
0: But. Yeah what what's the what's the breeding like right now? Because in the states, um, we've had a few studs and. Um, you know, we have we've we had Zorro until we sold them to sold them to Saucy Farms. Zorro and Satellite, Satellite's obviously gelded now, but um they put, they put about I don't know, they put so many horses on the ground so far just in the.
1: Have you produced a lot of horses that are playing with those stallions?
0: So uh, there's probably been twenty to twenty five since two thousand three, that uh, we personally bred or others bred. They 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 cross them with thoroughbreds. Um, But there's a lot on the ground. There's a lot of babies, a lot coming through. But um, yeah, definitely some of the top horses now are Australian stock horses from our stallion. From our old, old, you know, obviously my mom brought him over in 2003 Zorro. And um, man, she was breeding them like rabbits, man. She had had so many on the ground. And uh, we were lucky. Um, It was kind of a crazy timing because it was only months before mom passed away. She uh, Pat she sold everything to the Saucies, Charles and Karen, and they're they're phenomenal. They have a lot of land, and it's been his dream, their dream to sort of have a stud. Okay, and, so
1: they're now breeding with that
0: that horse, are they? Yep, it's called Saucy Farm, and they've got they've they they did like seventeen breedings last year. Yeah, um, and the babies are just stopped, starting to drop uh, now from, from them. And his wife plays Satellite, loves him. You know, he's just, uh, he's solid. You know, he's Excellent. really thick. Satellite was a really thick one. Zoro's more of the third ready type. Strong. And a lot of, I, I'm fortunate because I get to have crosses and I have a couple fool and a couple crosses. So, um, you know, these free horses that were bred by the farm, by the family. Yeah. Um, so then so, how,
1: how are you, why were you moaning just 10 minutes ago? You've only got one horse. You should have bloody loads of horses.
0: So I've got... My top horse is 15, and then I've got Aurora, who's eight. The problem is I don't have anyone to practice with. So um, – and she was bred a few years ago, so she couldn't be played. So she's kind of late to be, being played. So, yeah, she's ready to go. So you see multi-horse would be perfect for you. Yeah, if I, if I was – I'm 10 hours from the closest tournament. So you're 10 <laughs> hours from uh, Ireland by ferry. So. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: that, that makes it – t-
0: yeah. Makes it tough, but yeah, I, I can't complain, but then I've got, we just cut my colt, So I've got two that are almost two years old. They're going to get broke this summer. Not by me. I'm too old for that. And not that I, I've never took a, I never took an interest in it to learn. Yeah. and I've done some groundwork with ropes and things like that, but, um, but I've never been a trainer. So, um, we only have a few trainers in this country and they're, they're great, but they're so far away in Texas. And um, yeah, but you know, what, who do you have for stallions over there? I mean, what stock horses is over there in the UK right now? Well, I
1: think there's only really one stock horse um, The Bristow's a family here that uh, played Holocaust uh, w- with Jason Webb imported um, a stock horse. Um from Australia. He's really well bred horse. I, I can't actually it's probably a terrible advert from me. I d I can't tell you all the breeding and stuff. But um he's only young. He's you know, they're they're sort of they've put a few mares to him but only AI'd him. I think Jason wants to get a bit more training into him before he starts um breeding mares because it does change them a little bit. Right. But, you know, we're, if you can afford it, there's a lot of good stallions over here because there's a lot of polo. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of good thoroughbred stallions too if you've got the good mares to put to them. But, you know, again, this comes down down to a lot of people are playing these horses for their whole life. Right. Uh, you know, the, the good mares aren't necessarily getting bred and people don't have the the facilities to have foals and young horses kicking about um so you know there's only a few people doing it really um i i got myself a thoroughbred stallion a few years ago bred a few horses but it's just the time and the money that goes into it um you know we've we've got four or five youngsters on the ground that aren't really doing anything yet and you know before you know you've 15 horses kicking about and only two or three that you can play. Right. Um, you've got, you know, mares that have got foals and two-year-olds and three-year-olds and, and being a bit of a, being quite a big guy, I can't just get on them all either. You know, so. Yeah. You yeah,
0: know, i got
1: I got to breed specifically for me. Well,
0: I'm, and I'm breed, trying to, I'm trying to breed some sides of mine. Yeah, I'm trying to get some size on mine. I um, we did we bred Zorro to uh, off the track thoroughbred who's a little bit bigger. So because um, I'm not small either, yeah. um, I got to lose some weight. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm trying to get some size. But my younger mare, my eight year old mare, is um, like 15-1. She's small. Um, that's not small for a lot of people. You've got Ryan Strider who's super tall and. His, he likes them tiny, but I'm used to Gunner who's got some size, and that's that's what I prefer, kind of have the big stride, the, you know, the bigger horses. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do, but there there aren't a lot of them out there that are big. Yeah, it's playing.
1: just so time-consuming, breeding.
0: Yeah. yeah. So how many do you have right now that you have to deal with? Uh, how many horses have we got here? Uh, we got...
1: Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh, you don't uh, know? About... Fifteen, what plus, plus, plus a donkey? <laughs> I bought myself a oh, no, I didn't buy myself a donkey. I've always wanted a donkey. Sounds a bit stupid, but my wife got me one for a wedding anniversary a few years ago. <laughs> and he he's a he's entire as well. So he's yeah. a jack donkey, and he lives with a stallion because the stallion just used to be in the field all you know on his own, bored shitless, and now he has this donkey as a mate and they hang around together and play and muck about it's great watching them actually it's nice
0: yeah cool so how much land do you have for all these horses
1: well we we got quite lucky
0: a few years ago
1: we managed to rent um or get a long lease on an estate farm Mm. so we've got you know 20 or 30 acres where the horses are and then we got a few acres on another just on the other side we have the, the farm split by a, a highway a motorway and then we got some land on the other side that we use mainly for hay and just have a few sheep on there so not huge amounts of land but a plenty plenty to uh not enough to just breed horses and have them sitting around that's for sure right
0: yeah so how many how many horses are not not paying their way, or I'm happy. oh, you, most
1: most of those, <laughs>
0: most of those definitely. Um, but no one's for sale. Oh, they're all
1: for, sale. They're for <laughs> sale. No, really, we've only got. I've literally got a couple of playing horses here. That's it. And we had a. We've got a young lad, um, Ro a guy called Ron, who's come to stay with us from Australia. Actually, he's just having to go home now because of this whole coronavirus. It's all a bit. Got a bit hectic, and the season's not really going to happen. So he was going to ride all these youngsters because I got mm. two, three, two, three-year-olds that need to start. They were broken in like last year. I got two, three-year-olds and a well, they were two then, two, two-year-olds and a three-year-old broken in by Jason Webb. And um, so they they need now three and four. They need to start playing. And then I got yep. a six-year-old that I bred that she hasn't played yet hasn't done a lot. Um, but she was gonna play this year in the multi horse. Then I got a my main horse, um, a mare called Red, a Big Chestnut mare, that I got a couple of years ago off a friend of mine, Matt Lauder.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so she's playing. And yeah. we had another playing mare that I've swapped with my to get my daughter this other horse. So you know, we'll have a few once these
0: youngsters come up. Yeah, you'll and, have what, a string of seven or eight?
1: Well, yeah, four or five. But the thing is, as soon as you get a couple going, you get, you get rid of them, you know, you sell right. them on. I really, I just, we only were trying to breed for Liz and the kids. So I got some good horses for the kids when they, they start playing, you know. And we had some nice old mares that we wanted to get some youngsters from. it. Would it almost felt um, it felt wrong not to to breed from them, do you know what I mean? Yeah yeah so yeah that's that's our place, really. Too many horses and no money to spend on them
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh so we probably got to get to work outside. I have to actually build a, a some uh, like a hitching rail. I've yeah. got to, I got to get these babies tied up and one one of them pulls back. So I got to, I got to build something. He he won't break. Well, it's um,
1: tied up nice and tied up nice and
0: high. Yeah. I've actually, it's, it's about six feet high is going to be yeah. the top, the top beam, six, six by six beam. The
1: higher you tie them, the harder it is for them to pull back. They got no strength if they're pulling from high up.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I'm out there and looking at them like, man, that's, that's pretty high, but I guess it can't be too high. So that's no,
1: cool. definitely not.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So, not. so, what how do you think you'll be remembered in polo cross? That's oh, a tough gosh. question. I don't know.
1: Oh, that's t- oh, that is a tough question.
0: Like I want to I, I want to use the word in, I want to use the word infamy, but you've but you you have helped a lot of players come along and you've done a lot of coaching and yeah, you've done everything.
1: I hope one day people remember me as being helpful. I'm sure at the moment they probably wouldn't, but <laughs> I, you know I I've always yeah I've helped a lot of people I, I tend to help people who I think want to be very good I'm not much of a coach at coaching uh, people just who want to just have a good time and have a bit of fun right um, I don't know I don't know how I'll be remembered that's <laughs> God there's some people who remember me in the most horrendous way and some people who I think will remember me in a positive way yeah um but you know i think that's the same for everybody isn't it so oh yeah and the thing is you know i yeah i want to coach and whatever but there's there's always new coaches coming through do you know what i mean who right and you you want people to you want people to get the best out but
0: lizzie just popped in hey lizzie hi how are you are you doing a, what? Are you doing an interview or a podcast? Okay. Yeah, well, it's going to be a podcast. We have to They've cut got to out. Edit me out now. We have to. Well, we have to edit him out. <laughs> 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 no, no, no.
1: Anyway, listen, I got to crack on.
0: Yep, I appreciate and it. We'll catch up soon. All right, man. Take it easy. Good man. See you later. Thanks, Bye. Man. Yep. Hey there. Thanks for listening to my first ever episode of Chuck a Talk. I really enjoyed it, catching up with Simon. For more polo cross coaching, go to simple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even how to become a great coach. Check out my blog. Until next time, have a good one. Thanks.